Coming up on Locked on Dodgers, the Dodgers made their first cuts of spring training. Uh, no big surprises, but a couple notable things. There's a couple minor injuries to current Dodgers and a major injury to a former Dodger that we're going to talk about. And we're going to talk about one uh, baseball pundit's guess that the Dodgers are going to make two blockbuster trades this season. That's what's on tap. So let's get Locked on Dodgers. You are Locked on Dodgers. Your daily Los Angeles Dodgers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Dodger fans, this is Locked On Dodgers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We want to thank you for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Remember, this show is free and available on all podcast platforms and on YouTube simply by searching for Locked on Dodgers. Or even better, go ahead and subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now, and then you will never miss a day because you know we're not going to. If this is your first time with us, I am Jeff Snyder. My co-host is Vince Samperio, although it's just me today. Vince and I are both lifelong Dodger fans just like you are. We've also both spent time covering the Dodgers in the press box and the locker room. So we're not quite insiders, but we bring you the smart fans perspective on our boys in blue every weekday morning. And uh, jumping right in, you know, spring training continues. Uh, there's, uh, unfortunately, the only real news in spring training is bad news. Anything that's not bad news isn't really news at all. You know, Gavin Lux news last week was definitely news and definitely not good. Um, you know, anything else that happens in spring, it's just like, okay, well, that's a thing that happened. And we'll see if it means anything a little bit later. Uh, but uh, there were a couple injuries that I want to talk about. And uh the ones that affect the Dodgers currently uh, hopefully aren't too big a deal. One of them, hopefully it's not too big a deal. The other one, I, I, I won't say it out loud, but I'll be thinking it's not that big a deal uh, just because of who the player is. So uh, the, the first one, the former Dodger, Justin Turner, uh, got hit in the face with a fastball from Matt Manning of the Tigers on Monday um, in, in a spring training game. He went down immediately bleeding profusely from the, you know, mouth or face or, you know, couldn't really tell. Lots of blood, though. The, uh, and with JT's beard, the blood kind of mixing in with the beard and dripping and stuff, it, it looked pretty, pretty gnarly. Uh, luckily, his wife, Courtney, posted an update on, on Twitter. She said uh, this was probably, I don't know, five hours or so after it happened. She said, thank you to everyone that reached out about Justin and sent prayers. We're home now and he's resting okay, maybe listening to the replay of the game, 16 stitches and a lot of swelling, but we are thanking God for no fractures and clear scans. So that's excellent news, obviously. Uh, still probably going to keep JT out for a couple days, at least I would think, um, just because the swelling and, and stitches in your face, you know, um, it's I, a lot It may depend on pain tolerance. And as far as how much work JT thinks he needs, uh, they're not going to press the issue. But uh, hopefully he'll be back sooner than later and very, very thankful. Anytime somebody gets hit in the head, especially the face, it's a scary thing. We've seen a lot of bad situations from guys getting hit in the face. And this definitely could have been a lot worse. And and I'm glad that it wasn't. Uh, you know, I JT will always be a fan favorite uh, among Dodger fans, even though he's not on the Dodgers now. It felt like one of our own. And so... Very glad that he is okay, and hopefully he will fully recover pretty quickly and, and be back in action soon. Uh, the two injuries to current Dodgers, I guess we'll start with the one that isn't 
a big deal at all. Um, if Justin Brule's mom is listening, uh, I, I apologize. Justin Brule, he came into pitch in the ninth inning. It was an eight nothing game. The Dodgers were beating the Padres on Monday, and uh, Brule came in, threw five pitches, uh, a four pitch walk, and then hit the first batter or hit the next batter with his first pitch. And uh, Dave Freitas, the catcher, went out to talk to him, and pretty soon Dave Roberts and the trainer hustled out there, and Brule walked off the mound. And they said that it was a, a back issue, back tightness, you know, some sort of back soreness and uh it didn't look major I, I almost wondered if like i didn't see him grab at anything i didn't see see the catcher motion to roberts or anything although he could have we, it's not like we have cameras on everybody at all times so maybe freitas did motion to, to roberts at first my thought was i wonder if they knew that brule was dealing with something and so when he struggled like that they're like okay it's, it's an issue but it's hard to see them sending him out there in a spring training game if he was at all compromised. Just spring training is not worth it. Uh, maybe it's worth it to Brule because he is battling for a roster spot, a battle that he's likely to lose. Um, but it doesn't seem like they would send him out there if they knew he was compromised. So Roberts must have seen something because he was out there pretty quickly with the trainer and they took him off. Uh, you know, No real updates on how severe they think it is, but, but it didn't seem to be, didn't seem like they think it's very severe. The other one is Tony Gonsolin. Uh, during backfield workouts on Monday morning, he sprained his ankle, uh, his left ankle, I believe. And, uh, you know, we don't have video of it because it didn't happen on, on a televised game. I, maybe somebody took video of it. I haven't seen any video of it yet. Um, but he was immediately tended to by the trainers, taken back to the clubhouse Dave Roberts said that he doesn't think it jeopardizes uh, Gonsolin's readiness for opening day because he's pretty well built up. And so he will skip his scheduled start on Wednesday uh, in spring training. That doesn't mean that, you know, he has to move back five days because, you know, there's always time to get somebody in a game. So maybe he pitches Thursday or Friday. Maybe it is a, a full five days after his, his scheduled start. Just depends on on how the ankle reacts, I'm sure. Uh, Robert said that because Gonson was so built up that he thinks it's mostly a non-issue as of right now. Uh, of course, when Gonson had his forearm strain last year, Gonson himself downplayed the severity of it, and then he ended up missing almost the entire rest of the season. Uh, so you know, anything can happen. Uh, sprained ankles are sprained ankles are weird. Uh, you, we've all sprained ankles before, I assume, and sometimes. Like you, you roll your ankle and you're like, oh man, I just screwed that up bad. And the next day you feel fine and you almost forget that it even happened. And sometimes you're out for weeks. And so hopefully this was something not too major and that Gonsolin will, you know, rest it, ice it and, and be back in a few days and we will forget that it ever happened. Basically um, the Dodgers do need Gonsolin in their rotation. He's one of the five guys they're counting on. Uh, I am going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk about a couple guys who, according to some guy at Bleacher Report anyway, a couple guys the Dodgers might look to add to that rotation during the 2023 season. So I want to thank you all for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please keep it Locked On Dodgers. This episode is brought to you by LinkedIn. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. 
LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and free. If you've ever been in charge of hiring somebody, you know that it can be a major pain, a major almost you feel like you are taking a big gamble and wondering if you're ever going to find the right uh, the right candidates. LinkedIn can help you do that. Just go there, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on MLB. That's linkedin.com slash locked on MLB to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. I want to thank you all again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. When you're done here for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And uh, as you know, we are also part of that Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In this case, your team is the Dodgers, and we appreciate you being with us every day. If you're watching on YouTube, I'd love to hear your thoughts in the YouTube comments section. If you are listening on the podcast, we'd love to hear from you through social media or email or whatever. I'll give you all the contact info at the end, like I always do, but it does mean a lot to have you guys here hanging out with us. Um, so I, I mentioned uh, Dodger starting rotation. Tony Gonsolin is, is currently hurt, but hopefully not hurt for long. Uh, but over at Bleacher Report, there was an article a few days ago, a guy named Brandon Spot. The headline, Brandon Scott wrote this. The headline says, predicting where top players involved in MLB trade rumors will finish the 2023 season. And uh, there's some interesting ones. Uh, Chris Sale to the Phillies. Josh Donaldson to the Rangers. Chris Flexen to the Orioles. Max Kepler to the Mariners. Uh, Max Kepler to the Mariners. Okay, yeah. Uh, Brandon Woodruff to the Blue Jays. Brian Reynolds to the Yankees. Reynolds, of course, has been a Dodgers trade talk candidate. Doesn't look like that one's ever going to happen. But then the last two, uh, number seven and eight on Brandon Scott's list are two pitchers going to the Dodgers, Corbin Burns and Shohei Otani. And uh, I'm going to read you the the paragraphs on both of them. Uh, For Burns, he says, as previously mentioned, the Brewers aren't looking to trade their best players unless they're non-contenders leading up to the deadline. But Burns has acknowledged a fractured relationship with the franchise that would lead one to believe the end is in sight. If the lack of a long-term deal is not disappointing enough for Burns, the fact that he went to arbitration with the Brewers for roughly $750,000 and the team won has to leave a stain. The Dodgers, however, should be motivated to pounce. They boast an impressive five-banner rotation with Julio Urias, Clayton Kershaw, Dustin May, Tony Gonsolin, and Noah Syndergaard. But Kershaw, May, Gonsolin, and Syndergaard all have a serious recent injury history that makes things tenuous for them as a group. On top of this, Burns would likely be the best pitcher among them at this point. And then the next one, he just jumps right in. And oh, by the way, Shohei Otani too. He says, the Dodgers sh- sort of shocked the world, but not really. Otani to the Dodgers predictions already exist, but it will still be a shock to the system to see him trade the other LA, LA franchise's colors for the legendary Dodger blue and white. Sorry, I stumbled over that sentence because this guy pretended that the Angels are an LA franchise. So I have a hard time reading that out loud. Uh, going back to the article, adding Burns and Otani would completely change the World Series conversation at the deadline. 
Otani has already communicated his desire to play for a contender and has been non-committal to his long-term future with the Angels. At spring training, Otani said he does believe the Angels are committed to winning. The question is whether it finally pans out. As backbreaking as it seems to trade a once-in-a-lifetime player like Otani, it's becoming more obvious he sees a brighter future elsewhere. One would also have to assume a trade package for Otani commensurate with his rare ability would be historic. And, uh, you know, two interesting predictions. He he doesn't necessarily come right out and say they will make both of these. Um, but, I mean, the the point of the article, the premise of the article is predicting where these players will finish the 2023 season. So I guess he's predicting both of those guys going to the Dodgers. That's some huge prospect capital the Dodgers have to give up in those trades. Um, it's Burns has two years left, uh, one more year after 2023 on his contract. Uh, as we all know, Otani is a free agent after 2023. So at the trade deadline, you'd be trading for two and a half months of Otani plus the postseason, really two months of Otani plus the postseason. Uh, you'd be trading for a year and two months of Burns plus two postseasons. Uh, there, there's definitely value there. Both guys would command a hefty price. And in order to get both guys, the Dodgers have to give up some. I mean, just looking at Otani, the Dodgers are going to have to give up some top, top prospects to get Shohei Otani. And when you know as a team, well, we have a decent chance of signing him in a couple months anyway. Yes, it would definitely help for 2023. And so, excuse me, there, there is value there for sure. But it's like, I mean, the Angels would be looking for a package starting with, uh, I mean, maybe even Diego Cartaya and one of their top two pitchers, either Bobby Miller or Gavin Stone. And uh, I, I don't know, for a rental like that, when they have a decent chance of signing him anyway, I'm not convinced the Dodgers would do that. Now, if the Angels were willing to be overwhelmed by quantity, Dodgers have a lot of quantity. They have pitching prospects. They have hitting prospects. Uh, you know, they have guys available, including some guys. You know, Andy Pajes is a good prospect who may never get a chance to play with the Dodgers. Uh, he, he, he could be, you know, they have guys like that. Michael Bush, kind of the same boat. Uh, they have guys, Jose Ramos. And then on the pitching side, they have a lot of pitchers who aren't quite at the level of Bobby Miller and Gavin Stone. But for that matter, Gavin Stone wasn't at the level of Gavin Stone a year ago right now. If the Dodgers had traded Gavin Stone a year ago right now, none of us would have batted an eye. Oh, okay. Um, and now Gavin Stone, he pitched again on Monday. The dude is good. His stuff is so good. And and so, you know, you, you never know what's going to happen with prospects. Um, it, it would take a lot to get Otani. And then we're talking about Burns too. It would take a lot to get Burns. Burns has an extra year of control over Otani not quite as valuable just because Burns only pitches uh, and Otani. Oh, by the way, he also hits really well. Um, it, it's there. There's a lot of things working against the Dodgers getting both of them. Honestly, I, I, I feel like when you, we factor in the prospect capital to take to get Otani and the fact that they signed JD Martinez, so they don't really have a place offensively for Otani to play. Um, you know, obviously Otani would be an upgrade over JD Martinez, but he's less of an upgrade than he is over somebody else. You know, if Otani was replacing, you know, a Zach McKinstry guy on a roster 
yeah, that's, you know, if Otani could play shortstop and re replace Miguel Rojas, send Miguel Rojas back to the, to the utility role, great deal. But Otani only plays DH, J.D. Martinez only plays DH. And while Otani is a better hitter than, than Martinez at this point, not as big a gap. I hope that makes sense, what I'm saying. Um, throw in the, the prospect capital. I just don't see that trade happening. I, I, I'd love it. Um, especially if Andrew Friedman could, could do it in a way like I, I don't want the Dodgers to trade Miller or stone. And I, and I ideally don't want them to trade Cartaya either. Those three guys are kind of my untouchables. Um, and not to say they're untouchable to the Dodgers, but to me, uh, for me, I don't love the idea of trading any of those guys. Anybody else on the prospect list I could get on board with. Uh, there's some guys I'd be sad to see leave. Uh, I, I've been impressed with Ryan Pepio this spring. I think uh, he's kind of found some of what his changeup had lost, and so I'm excited about him. I'd be sad to see him leave. Shohei Otani, I think Pepio, he's been on this podcast. He's he's a friend. He would understand that I'd understand, you know? Um, and, and beyond that, there's nobody on the list. You know, Dalton Rushing, yeah, that would be a bummer. I think he's going to be a really good hitter, but I'd understand, you know, Really, it's just those top three guys. Uh, and, and a year from now, I might be saying, I can't believe I was willing to trade Dalton Rushing or you know Nick Nostrini or whoever it is. Uh, but right now, that's kind of how I feel. So I, I just don't see it happening for Otani. When it comes to Burns, I think the Dodgers could get a Burns deal done with without touching those top three guys. And, you know, three or four prospects, you know, headlined by a, a Michael Bush type, maybe Bush and Pajes, and then, you know, a couple lower pitching prospects, something like that, maybe gets the job done in a trade for Burns. Uh, maybe they throw in a little bit more if they want to add in Willie Adamas, if they want to kind of make that trade and get him at shortstop for this year. There's options, and, and I would love to have Corbin Burns. I think Corbin Burns is very, very good, and I would love to have him on the Dodgers. I, I think he could really, really succeed in Dodger Blue, and I would like to see that. Obviously, I'd love to see Otani in Dodger Blue too, I don't see it happening in a trade this year. Burns, though, I think is a realistic possibility. I wouldn't say it's a likelihood, but I think it's a possibility. Um, I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on that. What, what do you think about either of those guys, both of those guys? Uh, I, I I wonder, like, as I read this, I'm like, does Brandon Scott understand he's saying the Dodgers trading for two of the best starting pitchers in baseball at the same trade deadline? No, it's a possibility, but it seems hard to get both of those guys but I'd love to hear your thoughts in the comment section or on, you know, social media or whatever. Uh, I'm going to come back in a minute. I'm going to talk a little bit about the first round of roster cuts the Dodgers made. No huge surprises, a couple of names that are notable that we'll talk about. So thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. And please continue to keep it Locked On Dodgers. All right, I am back. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Uh, it does mean the world to us. We love talking Dodgers with you. We, we've been doing this. I, I just saw my time hop. It's been four years since we made the announcement. Uh, if you're if you're new here, Vince and I used to do a weekly podcast called the Scully Avenue Podcast. Uh, we used to do that together for almost three years. We did 138 episodes, I think, of that show on a mostly weekly basis. Uh, we would we would miss every once in a while, um, but for the most part, we we were pretty good about that doing it weekly. And then in late 2018, David Locke, who is the uh, 
the radio announcer for the Utah Jazz, which happens to be uh, here where I live. I live here in Utah. Uh, I, I grew up in Southern California. I've been in Utah since I came here to go to college back in 1995. So I've spent well over half my life here in Utah. Uh, David Locke reached out to me. He and I had met one time before uh, and not like he didn't know we had met um, because it was at a, at a function. We had gone up to my, my family and I had gone up to uh, the Delta Center to watch uh, the year that Donovan Mitchell was in the slam dunk contest wherever that was held, they did a viewing party at the Delta center or whatever it was called at that point It's now back to being the Delta center, which makes me glad that I never stopped calling it the Delta center. Um, don't tell my neighbor who works for Vivint. Uh, he'd be offended that I never called it the Vivint arena. But anyway, uh, beside the point, I went up there and uh, David Locke was emceeing that and he was wandering around the crowd and he actually stopped and harassed me about my Dodger shirt because David Locke is a Giants fan, but he also has good qualities too. Anyway, he reached out to me in late 2018 and asked if we would be interested in going to a five days a week format and changing the name of our podcast to locked on Dodgers. And Vince and I talked about it and uh, we decided to do it. And March 25th of 2019 was our first episode as locked on Dodgers. That was the Monday of opening week. So a few days before opening day that, that year. And we started doing it and we haven't missed a weekday since we've done a couple bonus episodes too. So we are well over a thousand episodes at this point. It's been a lot of fun doing it and we are showing no signs of stopping. We are still enjoying it and uh, we get a lot of good feedback from you guys. You guys are enjoying it too. So thank you for that. And uh, you know, if you, I'm going to put one more plug. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do right now. Um, if you're not watching every day, I know it's a commitment. We do try to keep this to 30 minutes because we don't want it to overwhelm your day. I know what it's like to look and see, oh, the new episode of my favorite podcast is out. It's two hours long. When am I going to find time to listen to that? We are trying to do 30 minutes a day so you can listen to it on your commute to work or, you know, while you're doing your bathroom stuff in the morning or, you know, whatever it is. And we love talking Dodgers every day. And for our sanity and yours, we keep it to a half hour. You know, I, I, I'm looking at our list. The longest we've done in the last, I, it looks like we had a 36 minute episode, uh, but most of the time it's between 28 and 33 minutes. And that's out of respect for your time and ours. Uh, we are really trying to do that for you. So, you know, I, I know it's a, a, a commitment, but we would love if you listen every day or watch every day. Um, it it, it means a lot to us. We, Vince and I, we, we both have other jobs, but this is, uh, we, we put a lot of time and effort into this and we do make some money on it. And the more people listen to it, the more money we make. Uh, so uh, in addition to the satisfaction of knowing that, more Dodger fans are listening and interacting with us, uh, puts a little coin in our pocket and, uh, no, no complaints about that. With that all said, uh, I'm going to move on to the last topic of the day, which is that the Dodgers made their first roster cuts of the spring and there were no huge names on it. Uh, it looks like they cut nine players, uh, eight pitchers and one position player. The position position player was outfielder Yusniel Diaz who, if you remember, Yusniel Diaz was actually one of the prospects that the Dodgers traded to the Orioles in 2018 for Manny Machado. Diaz ended up back with the Dodgers this offseason and uh, is back in the minors again. He, I, I'm looking right now. I don't know if he has ever played in the big league. I guess he did. Oh, he made his big league de debut last year with the Orioles. He got one plate appearance, and he struck out. 
that's his uh that's his baseball his, his big league experience uh and then the Orioles released him and he signed with the Dodgers just uh about a month ago and so he's been in spring training with them and uh you know didn't do looks like he got five plate appearances he went two for five um but uh two strikeouts just he he's not ready for the big leagues yet but I think the Dodgers are at least a little bit excited about him that's why they brought him back and uh, hopefully they will be able to help him reach his potential. Uh, so he's the one position player who got cut. The other eight were pitchers, Dylan Covey, Landon Knack, Robbie Erlin, Nick Nestrini, Brian Hudson, Jordan Yamamoto, Nick Robertson, and James Jones. Of those guys, you know, Robbie Erlin pitched in the big leagues for the Dodgers last year. I think he made one start. Uh, and other than that, it's mostly prospect guys. Uh, the, the other one, I mean, James Jones was in the big leagues with the Mariners like six or seven years ago and hasn't been back since then. He was an outfielder for a while. Now he's back to being a pitcher. And so, you know, no surprise there. The only one, and obviously it's not a surprise, but probably a disappointment to him is Jordan Yamamoto. He has been a big league pitcher and the Dodgers signed him. And I think Yamamoto probably had hopes of you know, impressing in spring and earning a spot on the roster. And instead, what Jordan Yamamoto has done this spring is pitched two and a third innings uh, over three games and allowed six runs, five earned, including three home runs, uh, five hits and two walks. That's a whip of three. So he's averaging three base runners per inning, uh, hits per nine, 19.3, home runs per nine, 11.6. Walks per nine, 7.6. Does have a, uh, or 7.7. Does have an impressive strikeout rate. 11.6 strikeouts per nine. Because he struck out three batters in those two, two and a third innings. Kind of shows you why strikeouts per nine isn't as useful as strikeout percentage. Because he faced 14 batters. So three strikeouts and 14 batters isn't super impressive. Just over 20%. Uh, not nearly as impressive as 11.6 strikeouts per nine. Because... If you keep giving up hits, you get more chances to strike out the next guy. And uh, he every once in a while would do that. 1929 ERA this spring for the Dodgers. I said it when the Dodgers signed him. Uh, it was in our episode. I, I remember because I when, when our episode got lost, if you remember a few weeks ago, we had a Friday episode that that the the cloud ate for a couple days, so we didn't get it out until Sunday afternoon. Um and uh when that episode got lost and I thought it was lost forever, there was part of me that was relieved because I had said out loud, Jordan Yamamoto is bad and isn't going to make the team. And I got nervous because there was somebody else. Oh, um, when, when the Dodgers traded for Miguel Rojas and they traded Jacob Amaya to the Marlins and I talked on, and I said something about hope Jacob Amaya's mom's not listening, but the dude's just not a big leaguer. And then uh, Jacob Amaya's cousin commented on the YouTube um, so I, I'm glad I was nice, even though I wasn't saying nice things, same thing about Jordan Yamamoto seems like a nice guy. I have nothing against him. I don't think he's a major league pitcher. I don't think he brings anything to the Dodgers. So I was not surprised at all to see him struggle and now to see him get cut. And, uh, honestly, I'd be surprised if they even hold on to him in the minor leagues. I just don't think Jordan Yamamoto is ever going to be a good league, good big league pitcher. There are a couple other guys, D Dylan Covey has some uh, some potential. Landon Knack has potential. Nick Nestrini has a lot of potential. So among those guys who got sent down to minor league camp, 
there, there's some potential there, uh, but not in the Jordan Yamamoto camp, probably not in the James Jones camp. And uh, yeah, it, there, there will be a lot more. I think I saw that brings the Dodgers down to 59 players in camp. Obviously right now about eight of those are off to the world baseball classic. So that will thin things down a little bit. Some of those uh, 59 that includes Gavin Lux, who is still currently in camp uh, technically not doing anything and we'll go on the 60 day injured list as soon as the Dodgers need that roster spot, presumably for Jason Hayward. Um, so that, but it's still a crowded camp. There's still at least like 50 guys who are available and uh, obviously they can call over guys from minor league camp when they need to, too. So even more than that, but uh, that is the first round of cuts. We'll see more over the next couple of weeks and uh, we'll start to see, there will get a point where we start to see guys we we thought maybe would have a chance to make the team. You know, a, a guy like Justin Brule, I talked about earlier, I don't think he's going to make the opening day roster. So it'd be interesting to see how long they hold on to him before sending him to minor league camp. A lot of different guys like that who, uh, yeah, there there's cuts. That's part of spring training and it's a sad time sometimes, but uh, ultimately we see the actual Dodgers roster start to come together and that's exciting. So that's going to do it for me for today. I want to thank you again for making Locked On Dodgers your first listen every weekday morning. Now that you're done here for your second listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. You can win your league by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy baseball draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, If you aren't watching or listening to Locked On Dodgers every day, like I said, we'd love if you add one or two days a month or a week to your rotation. It would mean a lot to us. You can follow us on Instagram and on Twitter at Locked On Dodgers. Vince is on Twitter at Vince Samperio. I'm on Twitter at Snydog, and the DMs are open in all of those places. Our email address is LockedOnDodgers at gmail.com, and our phone number for voicemails or text messages is 323-863-LOCK-5625. We are here every weekday morning, and we hope you'll be here with us. When you get in your car or sit on your couch, Tell your smart device to play podcast Locked on Dodgers. And remember, you don't have to agree. You just have to listen. We'll talk to you tomorrow.